I'm on my own, broken alone. I feel the rain crashing down. All around this empty town, I'm searching for the lost and found. But you don't care. Hello, dear listeners. This is Dr. Leland. As we stand on the cusp of a new year, I want to take a moment to express my heartfelt gratitude to each of you. Your unwavering support has made Level Up Academy podcast a thriving community of curiosity and connection. This year has been a roller coaster of emotions, but through it all, you've been the driving force behind our meaningful conversations. Your engagement, feedback, and the time you've chosen to spend with us have made every episode special. Thank you so much. We have less than nine episodes left for the year. Just FYI, we are rated top 10% on Global Rank on most popular shows out of 3,223,969 podcasts. Thanks to you. Hello, everybody. We are live. I hope you guys are here and having a good day. Today's um, a discussion of Audio Room Sisters and how we met and how amazing she is all the way from all the way from our sisters on another continent today. So we're going to get to know her. Welcome to Level Up Academy podcast, where we explore the diverse set of skills that can be applied across various industries and professions. Each episode will deep dive into the world of transferable skills, discussing topics like communication, problem solving, critical thinking, and more. Join us as we speak with experts in different fields and share stories of individuals who have successfully transferred their skills from one industry to another. Whether you're a recent grad, a mid-career professional, or someone looking to make a career change, this podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and let's discover how you can leverage your existing skills to excel in any industry. Welcome to Level Up Academy Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. Dr. Noopy, hello, my sister in London. Uh, she's funny, hilarious. I love her F-list. If you're not connected with her, she has a show at 12, okay? At 12 p.m. PST in, I think it's Monday. Sia has a lot of shows, so you just ring her bell and then you'll figure out when her show is going to be. Uh, Marilyn, my sister from Singapore, she does a lot of consulting. She does a lot of um, uh, collaboration and she also has a a live stream as well. I don't know her live stream schedule, but she does. Ring her bell, guys. Um, Stephanie D'Alfonso, my calm sister. She puts me into calm with her book. I've been reading your book over and over on certain areas to kind of get through that uh, for me, helping me. Sister Christine is an educator. Please go ahead and ring her bell as well. And um, she's lovely. She's very engaged in our community. And she is going to have a book soon that's going to revolutionize um, support system for teachers out there all over the world. Kristen is another educator. And if you haven't connected with her, she's also helping her community. The people that I'm highlighting here are the people that I know that I have coffee chats with um, and also have dealt with them. Michelle's been my student since 2015 on her master's for public health. And um, we have connected and we're sisters. Uh, she has gone through a lot in her life. And she is a transformational coach. And um, please go ahead and connect with her as well. Christian is my 2D animator. You guys saw my little animation. Christian made that. So if you need that for your business 
or for your personal needs, go ahead and hook up our brother here, Christian. He's in Africa and he's amazing. I have dealt with him personally. Um, Timothy, down under brother. Oh, um, Mr. O is going to be on my podcast uh, soon. And um, he's also in Africa and he is doing web development. Very honest person. I have a project going out with him right now too. So uh, please ring his bell. So Sana Dawn, my another sister, very creative, love her story. Uh, her and Stephen Ng is going to be on my audio. Uh, I have a live Wednesday and Thursday, 9 a.m. PST. And Peter Quayle, CEO of the year, for sure. Lots of knowledge and leadership. So go ahead and connect with him. Janice is a Tossie brand pillow. If you haven't connected with Janice and know her story, you should. Uh, and the pillowcase, you got to buy it for sure. I have one too. Deborah is my sister from another mother. Very great with energy. With these sisters gives me energy all the time. And then, of course, Mike. Happy birthday, Mike. Um, he was, it's birthday yesterday. If you know uh, anything about our groups called The Hounds, um, go ahead and DM Mike and said, hey, CJ sent me. I want to know more about what you guys are doing. And then, of course, my sister Raquel, also in the hands. And she also has a show on Saturday. And Miss Lachelle, super mom, she has 15 kids. Yeah, I didn't stutter. One five, okay? Uh, she's super mom for a reason. And I love her. And I love her knowledge. And I love her wisdom. If you don't know her story, get to know her. So that is it for now. And are you guys ready? I mean, are you ready? Is my guest ready? <sighs> Hello, sister. Tell us, where are you doing live right now? Hello, Constance. Hope so you're doing well. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm live from Pakistan, Islamabad. Oh, Pakistan. That, what time is it now? It is 9.15 p.m. Oh, dedicated. I tell you, 9.15 p.m., 9.15 a.m. here. Wow. So welcome, welcome. Oh, my gosh. Let's go ahead and jump right into my questions, okay? The first thing, the first question really I have is, how did we meet? Mm. Thank you so much for this interesting question. And you know, yeah. what? what is today's topic? Emotional intelligence. So it is an emotional connection. So uh, basically, um, Constance and I have an emotional connection. And that was built. I did not see her. She did not see me. But this connection built on some audio lie. Uh, one day when I was listening to the story of Dr. Constance on some audio live, I was about to speak in the live and I just forgot to speak in the live because, you know, her story made me so uh, appetizing. Um, I was just crying after listening to her story because, you know, I felt a lot, you know, I have four sisters and one brother. So uh, when I saw that she's not having any um, sister, uh, 
although she has sisters from other moms, but you know, from the same mom. So, um, and um, her tone of the voice, uh, tonality, and the, you can say the pain she was telling the story with, you know, I could not resist myself. And I texted her at LinkedIn, dear Constance, you are my sister now onwards. And we are just like blood sisters. You are my fifth sister. Um, and later on, we connected. And, you know, this is the journey, how we started talking to each other and how we love each other now. And, and, and you know, very important thing, um, when I empathized and when I built the connection with her, with her vibes, um, I forgot to speak in the live uh, audio live that day. This is this is how emotional connections work. Yeah, and I think I was crying in that audio event. Yeah, yeah, that's why I was crying. <laughs> yeah, I because yeah. I just realized, you know, it's lonely not to have sisters. I remember growing up, like everyone was always bullying me because I didn't have any mom and dad, and um, I had anger issues. So I would literally go to school, come home with a black eye. And I, my teachers were nuns. Okay. They were so strict. Like you talk wrong, you get eraser just boom on your face. Um, and if your nails are long, if your earrings are long, if your socks is not wide and it's not ruffled, like, I mean, the rules were just, and I didn't care. I would come home and my uniform was white. I would look like I was wrestling a pig in the mud because I was punching boys. Like I had so much anger. And the boys were so scared of me because if they say something, I just start swinging. And and I'm small and I don't care. I will hit. And and uh, I had so much anger because people just bully like, oh, you, no one loves you and no one cares about you. But that's probably why you want to be number one all the time because you think you're all that. You know, kids are mean when 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 they're. And so I don't do well with boards at that time. So I just punch like I get in trouble. I'm in the principal's office <laughs> elementary and my grandma was best friend of the principal. So that's how I would get saved. And my grandma's like, you can't be a career criminal. Like you can't just punch boys and girls just because and I would start <laughs> swinging dustpans and and they didn't understand. But I had so much anger and pain because I always felt like, why was why am I even born? Why am I being here? No one even cares. No one. My parents even dumped me. Like, why? And I, I would cry. And and at that moment when when they're talking, and I think Mary Baker at that time was like, you know, you are love. We see you. And I get so emotional because love is something that's hard for me. Oh, my gosh. Ooh, yeah. I'm not going to cry. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Ooh, yeah. um, because it's a word that was so foreign to me. Yeah. I mean, when you have your own children, you're like, wow, how could a mom abandon a child? It was too much. Oh, it was so just too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh my, God, I can't believe. And then when you reach out, and then I'm like, okay, one person really reached my heart that day. And actually, I think Paul gave me his cell phone. He's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm oh, fine. I'm you know, so but, sorry. Um, yeah, because it, it, it's so weird because I'm a very private person, but somehow I'm like letting all go my privacy to everyone. <laughs> oh my God. But it, it was very emotional for me. And, and it gave me an understanding of why I love education so much. And because our culture, you need to be educated. That's really, there's no buts, ifs, nothing, you know. And if you're like not 100% all the time, then you're stupid. And that, yeah. that feeling of you have to always be number one. And I, mm -hmm. it took me a while to not compete with people 
and to just compete with myself and do my own thing. Um, mm. It took me until college till I did that. And even when I got my doctorate at 32, I was sitting and bawling and crying. And my daughters were so little at that time. And they're like, mom, why are you crying? I said, I'm a failure. And they looked at me and they started like really having concern. They're like, you failed a class, mom? How? You oh. never, you do your homework all the time. I see, because I, I share my grades with them. And I told them how important grades are. And I'm like, no, I didn't fail the class. I'm a failure because I became a doctor too old. I was supposed to be a doctor at 30. And, and now I'm 32. And my daughter started busting out laughing. I'm like, why are you laughing? She goes, mom, you're still too young. It's Come fine. on, yeah. <laughs> but in my head, I was a failure because I did it two years later. But I almost died anyway in 2011 while doing my dissertation because of cancer. I had a very cancer and they were like, mom, you're fine. You're already here. And for me to learn that from like a five-year-old at that time was like, yeah. CJ, something's wrong with you. You need to be grateful. That's why I'm always grateful for the things I have and don't have. I don't have cancer, not anymore, knock on wood. And I have a beautiful family. Like, why yeah. am I complaining? You know? And so that's why I'm like, man. And so when you reach out, I really love that. I really appreciated that. And it came from the heart. And we just keep talking and doing something. So yeah, yeah. my next question is about you. Think back 20 years ago and find within your timeline some of the significant changes in your life that got you here where you are today. Yeah, it is um, another question of emotions. You know, uh, just like you, I used to um, think about myself. Why are people, uh, you know, uh, encouraged or discouraged on grades. In in Asia, there's a culture, you know, who secures good grades. Um, he's also, he's always appreciated. And, you know, um, for your knowledge, my both, my both parents were from educational background. Um, my father was from education. My mother was teaching at the college, you know. And at that time, she, was, she used to teach at the school. She used to tell us that, Others teacher, daughter, and son has this much good grades and you're not having. So that comparison, you know, always compelled me that there should be a system where nobody is, uh, you know, uh, measured on the grades, when, where the, nobody is respected on the grades. Because, you know, in um, private gatherings, in family gatherings, in any marriages and wedding ceremonies, um, parents used to talk about the grades and, uh, like many other things, but, you know, the grades were the most important things. And, you know, I always used to skip that meeting because, because of my bad grades. <laughs> and I, uh, you know, <laughs> one thing very interesting, I used to think about myself. I had a belief. I had a strong belief about myself that I'm pretty much able. I am very, you know, talented. And people you, did, did not used to think me a talented girl. You know, <laughs> few, they know me, uh, they knew me and, you know, few who don't understand me, they, they used to take me as, you know, an average girl. So the, the thing between the grades and non-grades person, you know, uh, the, the students, um, that, that, that was a connection of emotions. I used to hurt myself many a time. But, you know, I was feeling satisfied that I have learned many things. I used to think that I'm better than these great girls. You know? yeah. <laughs> now I feel the same. You know, 
I learned from my environment. I learned from culture. I learned from the mistakes. I made a bundle of mistakes and the blunders. Um, you know, I was the, um, you know, I cannot tell you what I was among my all sisters and brothers. Um, all the time naughty, all the time uh, making adventures, doing blunders. Um, you know, I was not having a good image in front of my mom. She used to sometimes criticize me and I used to say, hey mom, you don't know about me. It's okay, it's okay. You know. <laughs> now she acknowledges me. Now she knows me, what I was in fact. So this is a story. Uh, I had a willpower. Uh, you know, I belong to a very underprivileged area. Uh, and from that area, moving to a big city like capital and Islamabad, and then moving to inter internationally, I speak at different events. I train people internationally at different uh, countries of the world. Uh, this is a great recognition for me, at least, uh, that I made a struggle on my beliefs and on my willpower only. Like this was Hina 20 years ago, and now this is Hina in front of you. Amazing. I love it. And I think what we have in common is, is the drive, right? Yeah. Like we know that our culture is so into one thing there, by the way, guys. Okay. I want to just take this moment. <sighs> Korean. Uh, there's a lot of Korean um, young adults that kill themselves right now to be perfect. Right. Because in Asian cultures, like I had a classmate who jump off when I was in college on the, the, our school because she got a B minus and her parents would beat her up if she got a B, you know, less than an A minus. Cause in our culture, A minus you're an F. Um, and my kids actually laughed at me because their, their um, classmates are like, Oh my God, I got a C plus. And my, my daughters are like, your parents are okay with that. And they're, they're like, yeah, this is great. I got like a C plus. I usually get straight D's, you know? And um, my daughter's is like, no, A minus my mom will have panic attacks. Like she doesn't have to say it. I'm like, oh, what do you mean? Did you talk to your teacher? What happened? You know, so now I'm so not into grades anymore, especially what happened to my oldest, you know, with two years ago. And um, grades is not everything. Money is not everything. Money, I'm not saying money is evil, all this, because it's just a tool, right? It's a tool. It's, it, I think money, when you have money, it exposes who you are as a person. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. When I've seen so many rich friends and so many rich people, it exposes them. And I think God did not give me money because I would be gone. It would be gone. I'd be like, okay, we need to get this education. We need to get this, you know, like I, I, I that's my, my goal. It's like, I want to be the Netflix of education. I want education to be affordable. Right, Constance, you know, it is not only money, it is, mm. all, it is every status which you achieve tells much about you when you go into that particular time, uh, that particular um, power, then you tell about yourself, then you depict yourself, you know, then you depict your brought up, then you depict your habits and culture and what is your mindset and everything. So I think not only money, you know, I've seen many of the people, they get some good designations in the organization. Then these, then they start showing up what they are, in fact. So it is not only money, I think. True. Now, how does emotional intelligence contribute to 
effective leadership in global business environments. You talked about, you know, training in, in the global scale. Um, can you talk a little bit about emotional intelligence and effective leadership? Okay. Uh, so there are two things in your question, two, two compound things. Yep. One is emotional intelligence and the other is effective leadership in the global era, you know? Yeah. So uh, starting from the emotional intelligence, you know, um, there's a myth that emotional intelligence is to control your emotions. Emotional intelligence is to control yourself and not expressing in front of others, you know, and not expressing when you're feeling something and you, you're not expressing it. This is emotional intelligence. In fact, emotional intelligence starts from self-awareness. You know, if you start understanding yourself, if you know about yourself completely, then you manage yourself. And you know, there's a step-by-step -step process. At the initial stage of emotional intelligence, you start knowing about yourself, then you start managing yourself, and then you start regulating yourself, right? And then, then there comes empathy if you understand yourself. Look at the example. How could, how could I understand you if I could not understand myself? How could I have been uh, in the empathy? How could, how could I empathize you that day if I would not understand myself, if I would not have feelings, I would not have thoughts, and I would not have emotions? How could have? So um, then the third step comes the empathy. And you know, after empathy, there are social skills. So starting from self, leading towards others in society. So uh, you can say, if you don't know about yourself, you cannot be emotionally intelligent. If you cannot empathize, you cannot be emotionally intelligent. If you cannot uh, have social skills, and if you cannot interact with the people productively, if you cannot network well, you cannot be emotionally intelligent. You know, if you've seen, um, we, uh, many of our friends and we uh, connect to many people, connect to many people, we have a bundle of networks. And you know, if you see, very few of the, those networks, uh, network people, uh, they appeal us. Mm -hmm. They connect the vibes with us, you know, and we connect to them. All of them are screened. This is because, you know, this is because of emotions and connections and vibes and productivity and emotional intelligence. If you've seen, there's an example, you know, in the organizations. Of course, when there are humans, there are errors. And when you commit a mistake, when you commit a mistake, um, look at yourself, how you think, how you feel, how your emotions are on that mistake, right? So um, if you're, if you're uh, feeling good, if you're um, feeling to learn, if you are thinking positive and optimistic that, that you're grabbing something from this mistake, 
and if you're you're controlling yourself on that mistake and you um correct yourself on that mistake and you know due to your mistake if you have harmed in any other body so you go to that and convert your mistake into an opportunity that's mm-hmm. the emotional intelligence that's the emotional oh, intelligence. i love that you're taking the swot analysis into integrating it into that 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 is so amazing i can see what you're doing and i'm i'm glad you said that because knowing yourself getting to really know yourself when people are like get to know yourself and you're like what what that's kind of weird it is weird for some people because we're always trying to learn about other people and how you can just take up a skill and do this work right it's so weird trying to learn from other people so that you could internalize that learning to understand yourself better and i actually created a class called managing your boss and people are like managing your boss. I'm like, Harvard does it. Harvard sells it for five to 10 grand, by the way. Okay. I'm selling it for 500 bucks. But anyway, you know, like, because I want to level up the world. But with that emotional intelligence and effective leadership, from all my research and from all my experiences, especially when it comes to emotional intelligence, I want to add to what you're saying about knowing yourself. To get to know yourself You do need that SWOT analysis. You do need to know what your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats are. But emotional intelligence is super crucial for leadership because it enhances you as a leader, your ability to not only connect with your people, but influence your team members, right? How do you influence? You need to build trust. You need to create Mm. a positive work environment, right? And for me, self-awareness. It enables mm. you to recognize how to understand your own emotions yeah. if you're angry, if you're sad, if you're mad, right? And and your strength on how to cope with that conflict. Conflict, by the way, is not a bad thing. People are like, yeah. I don't want really conflict. Yeah. No, no. Conflict is a good I thing. I like it. You yeah. know, uh, um, if you've heard about innovation code, that's like, uh, that's a book on um, how you turn your conflicts into opportunities. Right. So, um, Constance, the, the other part of the question um, I would love to answer is uh, when you know about yourself, know about your surroundings, know about the people working with you, then you can be a leader. You know, a leader um, is one who does not need um, who doesn't need any appreciation to work. I'm not saying that he does not need appreciation. Yes. You should appreciate him, but he is not motivated by the appreciation to progress. He mm. is self-driven, like you and me discussed earlier. That there was a drive inside us, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, you 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 or you don't feel good or bad by others' words, you know. What others tell you, don't you don't um, take it very personally. You you take it, you analyze it, but you don't take it very personally. And, that does not affect you at all if that's not your matter or that's not about anything productive to you, right? So um, I think emotional intelligence and the leadership, both are interconnected. If you are not emotionally intelligent, I must say you cannot be a leader because you know, uh, if you control your emotions and you're armed by your emotions, um, I think, you influence it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But when I say conflict is good, um, conflict is good because it actually uh, provide a different innovation. So when you when you we have a theme, whatever project that we're doing, 
and you're like, you know, I don't understand or I don't agree. And these are my thoughts. That's technically in itself, in its essence, is a conflict. But conflict that is positive because there's a threshold. When you yeah. feel angry, when you feel someone is putting you down or making you feel different, right? That's when conflict is bad because then it's not productive anymore. But don't think that conflict is 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 a bad thing. It is a good thing because you're agreeing to disagree, but you're doing it respectfully. And empathy, I want to talk about, because you talk a lot about empathy. That just means that, like you said, leaders with emotional intelligence can empathize with their with their team members. Understanding their perspective, like needs and concerns. Let me give you an example. One of my team member might be saying, hey, I have a doctor's appointment. It's emergency after my surgery. Um, I do have a class right now that I have to do, but can you, uh, do you think I could come in late or, you know, can you cover it? If I say, no, you can't, right? Because there's a class that you're not empathizing that that person is trying yeah. their best to to move forward. They're a really good teacher. But right now at this moment in their life, something is going on that they need to take care of, right? As a leader, you need to recognize that we're, like you said, we're human, right? We need to make sure that we empathize in every angle from being a mom, being a dad, they're trying their best, right? It's not actually loss of productivity because if you're more caring about your people and know their needs, in our human nature, somehow, we always feel like, oh my God, she does a lot for me. I'm going to do more for her without you knowing as a leader that they're doing more for you because you empathize, right? I love that relationship building too, which is great because it builds like more productivity because you're being caring. My third question is, what are the key components of emotional intelligence and how do you impact decision making in the international business con context? Let's talk about culture. Because I'm sure that if you go to a different country and it, your culture is different than theirs. And so how do you find that common ground of even the conversation of emotional intelligence when you're from a different culture? Sure. Okay. Uh, first of all, let's talk about the components of emotional intelligence. You know, it is uh, basically it is a subjective experience, you know, uh, how it develops basically. Um, if you ever uh, did self-analysis, I'm sure you have done. Uh, many of the times I put a check on myself and that, that check is composed of three things. Thoughts, feelings, and emotions. You know, thoughts, feelings, and emotions. And once I was just reading and I was just searching how the thoughts come. And I saw these are the subjective experiences. These are the experiences who creates thoughts. As you shared in the early that you used to punch the guys and, you know, um, you were quite very harsh on those people. <laughs> so harsh on them. Uh, so, um, so that was as a result of an experience you had undergone earlier, right? So um, the thoughts come from an experience and then thoughts travel towards feelings and then travel feelings travels towards emotions where you express um after physiological like you like uh, if uh, th there was um, an incident that, that you have punched somebody you know what he's feeling in the body is your physiological feeling right and then he, what he expresses sometimes he may he may have punched you back <laughs> so that's the emotional expression, right? So yeah. 
thoughts, feelings, and emotions. These are the things you can say, experiences moving to thoughts and then feelings and then finally turning towards the emotions. So um, can, can, you, can you repeat that question, please? Can you show up in the screen? So, oh, um, sure. How does emotion? Okay. Oh, no, that, that's not that one. This one. Key components of emotional and how yeah. they impact decision making. Yeah. 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 Of course. Of course. Um, if you've seen the people who are very calm, who are very um, cool in nature, actually, those are emotionally intelligent. Like how? They understand the things, you know, uh, they completely analyze, they um, observe the things, and then they make decisions. If you're not emotionally intelligent, your emotions rule on your rule on you. Your emotions lead you in a direction, you know. And if you're emotionally intelligent, you lead your emotions, and you turn your emotions into a productivity. You know, one of my um, another uh, trainer once we were discussing that um, how emotional intelligent person can turn conflict into productive thing, right? Mm -hmm. So he told me that, you know, uh, emotionally intelligent means that if somebody is speaking harsh to you and he has got a great conflict with you, it is not like that you stop yourself um, on his or her uh, harsh things. Uh, you stop, you control yourself. It is not like, this is not emotional intelligence. This is emotional suppression. You know, yeah. there's a difference between emotional intelligence and emotional suppression. Um, so, and like at the time when you understand the person, when you empathize that he, maybe he has gone uh, and he has gone through a certain experience, you know, why is he saying this? Why is he behaving like this? This is a result of an experience, maybe bad experience. So you start empathizing that person, you know, and then uh, when you start empathizing, you just uh, relax yourself and, you know, then you relax him. Then you accept uh, that person that you are in anger. Yeah. You have conflict with me, you know, yeah. then, then it uh, suddenly when you accept the things, when you accept the conflict, you know, conflict gets on reduction side and it decreases. Yeah. Because you better understand each other at that point. You're not like, I think it's the ego too that got in, into the way yeah. sometimes, you know, like your ego is like, oh, I'm better than you or, you know, you're, you're telling me what to do. And I think it has something to do with also what's happening in your life. Sometimes yeah. when you're going through things and you're, you're involving yourself on projects that you shouldn't um, and it conflicts with the mind or the, the moment, right? That's mm -hmm. why people see leave in the moment because it's it conflicts with what you're trying to do your heart is not in it fully and so you're not paying attention fully um i want to read natalie natalie is this artist emotional intelligence to me as a mom and artist means recognizing understanding and managing my own emotions and those of others it involves using my feelings to make thoughtful choices and connecting with people through empathy i love that yeah um, wow. really I had many conversations with my teenage kids. I would often ask them, are you experiencing emotions that you find difficult to understand? Oh, that's a great question. Um, it was my way of acknowledging that sometimes we can feel overwhelmed by our emotions and it's okay to seek understanding and support. Um, yeah. 
you're such a good mom because a lot of parents don't even care to ask their questions. I mean, that's amazing, right? And that's why we see a lot of kids nowadays depressed, having anxiety. They would rather live in their bedroom playing video games than go outside because they find themselves, much like adults, we find ourselves in social media, the people that vibe with us more than the people in real life. You know, and it's a sad world that we're living in, that we're actually vibing with people all over the world rather than whoever is in our place. Um, I wanted to also do communication, right? Adaptability. So to me, adaptability is a big thing when it comes to emotional intelligence and in the international business arena, because culture is a big thing that actually defines your moral um, belief system and values and how you interact with other people. So it doesn't matter if you're super intelligent and you have really high IQ, but if you're not in tune with the culture that you're dealing with, you are not going to be successful. What do you think about that? Yeah, of course. I, um, the the example was leading towards the same thing you said. You know, you, um, I can relate to, uh, relate to it, you know. <clears throat> I was telling you, when you um, start sitting with a conflicted person, you know, uh, you start negotiating with him, you start talking to him, you know, then slowly and gradually, um, you're cooling down his mind and yours as well. And you are moving towards the goal now. You're turning conflict into constructive thing, into something productive, you know? And finally, finally, this type of handling the uh, conflict uh, moves to a good decision, you know, because, you know, then you understand the context, as you said, uh, internationally, uh, in the business, you know, context is very important. Um, mm. Country to country, culture varies, um, values are different, um, living lifestyle is different, standards are different, perceptions are different, rituals are different. So, you know, business totally uh, depends on the how the culture is, you know. Um, yeah. In in what culture you are providing a product or service, um, how you should take decision for that, and you know emotionally, in, to to be an emotional emotionally intelligent person, you should also uh, be very empathizing, as I I told you earlier. So, in understanding the context is a form of empathy. Then you realize what are the needs, what are the gaps there. What product can you go with? How can you offer maybe different packaging, maybe different um, branding need is there. So uh, depending on the dynamics of that particular area or that particular yeah. country, or even in, within the country, you know, um, every uh, city matters, every village matters, you know? So yeah. um, uh, decision is totally taken uh, business decisions are totally taken on evidences on real researches you know yeah so, well, on, i'm going to yeah. give you an example that i teach my students when i ask them what do you think the difference between moral and ethical standards um most of them will say kind of the same i'm like kind of the big difference is i'm going to give you an example of it moral is your personal beliefs your value, yeah. how you grow up, how your environment, your culture, right? 
ethics is the standards that your organization puts in what is important to you. And that's a human resources thing because it's a little bit of a human resources conversation, right? Now, here's here's another thing. I'm going to ask you as well and what your thoughts are. No right and wrong answers, just more of a matter of a question. So in America, we have a federal law that we do not... um, have any children basically under the age of 16 and a half, I think 15 in some states, uh, work, right? That's our labor law. We do not employ minors, okay? Uh, yeah, that's a child labor, I think. Yeah, that is federal law. We, we None of the American company organizations yeah. that I know of can do that. Now, here's the thing. When you have a manufacturing, okay, we all know this in the world, that China is the biggest manufacturers out there, okay? They're the... I mean, I'm looking at the research for about 20 years now and where they are at actually the GDP. That's another conversation. The GDP gap in 2030 between the United States and China is this close. So I don't know where that goes. But here's the thing in China. okay, culturally speaking, I think even in, in, in some Asian countries, if the child is able to work to help their family, because let's say that they live with the grandparents, the parents are gone, uh, either they're dead or they got abandoned and their grandparents now cannot work. But this child is 10 years old, able to work, has been working, now wants to work for your manufacturing company, but he's 10, okay? Mm, Culturally, their moral beliefs is acceptable within that country. However... Mm. Because we are an American company going to China, we have our own federal law. You can't employ minors. Hmm. How is that? You see, this is why the advocates group out there like PETA and all the other things scream labor law, labor law. I'm like, okay, first of all, I'm in the neutral zone. I'm Asian, so I understand poor. I understand Mm, poverty. Yeah, I've seen it. I've grown up in it. Mm. Kids eat trash. Okay, don't Mm. have slippers all day. They but they're happy. Mm. By the way, they're smiling all the time. Mm. Now here's the thing: Where do you stand? Like, how are you going to tell me that culturally speaking, this is okay with us? Because we need to feed the family. If they don't, if they don't work, they're not going to get fed. But because this law says here, that's the ethics, right? So now your moral and your ethics are boxing like even mm, yeah so where do you stand with that how do you deal with that mm. yeah it, it is very critical you know uh, like china like bangladesh you know most of the companies in the bangladesh they're manufacturing for u.s companies you know u.s organizations and business organizations and you know in bangladesh in china in asia in asia you better know that there's a child labor and the child labor has a different context, as you t- said, if there's nobody to earn, you know, um, sometimes in, in, even you can see in Pakistan, um, the women are not allowed to go out to earn if the father is not there. So um, if the son is 10 or nine or eight, maybe he's going to earn. So there is a clash between moral and ethics. Yes, it exists. And you and me know that this is the reality. Mm-hmm. And we, we, you know, um, that's why the advocates, you know, human human rights people are up, the activists are up. But um, I think if the cha- at this level, if the policy and the laws and the rules and regulations um, are not changed, because, you know, um, if you're in American organizations, you're operating in China. And I, I think if the Chinese probate it, that's fine. But still... If the state is 
supporting that particular family who has nobody to earn. Um, the grandparents are um, very elder, like you can say, do older, in fact. They cannot earn. And the state should come here and they, they should support the family to, to, you, to avoid child labor. So I think there's there's a big clash. I, I can't. I know. I get. <laughs> Listen, I teach a lot of economics class. I, I looked at case studies from Harvard. I get a pulse on Harvard yeah. because they have really great case studies. Um, I want to make sure that today's world, I'm in it from technology to business to yeah. international business. Yeah. HBR, yeah. Military. Like I study those things. I'm a researcher. I love studying those things. And I'm also writing a book. So I'm, I'm looking at all these areas and I'm like, see, my heart is so torn because in Asia, when you grow up in Asia, when you say poor, like poor here, I mean, yes, we have homeless that are living on the beach, but like poor in another country, especially in Asia, it is bad. Like you see poor, right? And so yeah. when my kids complain, I'm like, dude, you got an iPhone 14. Stop complaining. Right. Mom, I need twenty dollars more for what? You know what I mean? Like that's me. Like the thing, it's like that is hard for business. Let's be honest. If you're a small business, you're dealing with people here in the US, you wouldn't have to deal with international business. But when it comes to international business, you need to know the culture. You need you, you know, you have to act locally. Right. You have to act locally, but make sure that you are a global standards like that global standards in America. Everybody knows that you can't do child labor. It's just not going to happen. Right. But that doesn't mean it's not happening. <laughs> That's my it's thing. Happening. Like, yeah. Yeah. One thing I, I, I should I should mention here, you know, in America, um, I think the kids at uh, seven or eight or even six, they're taught how to be entrepreneurs. Am I right? Yeah. They're taught how to be. So. If you prohibit child labor, so why are you teaching them to be uh, entrepreneurs? Is not that a labor? Is not that a job? Is not that a business? So um, there's also another contradiction. You yeah. know? <laughs> you know, like babysitting. Oh, I'm 10. I can babysit five, right? Mm-hmm. Or tutoring. You know, I'm 15. Well, that's actually more than 10 years old. But technically, the law is like 16 or 15 and a half. I know some states are 15. Um, some of them do babysitting jobs. Some of do, you know, they're not working for the big organizations, but in your neighborhood, yeah. you'll see they'll do some, you know, trash pickup. They're like 10 years old or nine yeah, years old. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. They're not in a huge labor. I think that's what they're saying. But, you know, you really have to think I'm like, OK, culturally, we're saying this because I know the law is made so that there's no uh, there's more into it. I can't even we would need another three hours, <laughs> three hours to talk on this. Yeah. When it you comes know? to labor laws and things like that, um, and the union is in America is actually also dying, right? Because it's it's not where it's supposed to be or what's intended to be. There's so many things. But what I do want, oh my God, it's almost already done. Um, geez, we can have this conversation, sister. I want to give you the stage to this to answer this question. If today is your last day on this earth, what would be your message to your future families? My message to my future family is to help others to uplift them uh, do whatever you can and empower people uplift others to empower yourself that's my only message and you know do whatever you want but with a thought with a cause and with a purpose 
that's the only message I, 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 I just want to give because, you know, I believe in this to spread the prosperity in the world. We have to contribute whatever we can. And, you know, I cannot tell you how I'm very much concerned about the prosperity of our whole world. I've seen in America, um, I've seen in big countries where the people have money, where the people have um, all the luxuries, which um, some of Asian countries are not having, you know, those are not happy. They don't have anybody to talk, talk with. They don't have anybody to share a cup of coffee with. They don't have anybody to sit with. So do whatever is the need of others. Uplift them in whatever the area they are lacking and whatever the gaps are. That's how we can make this world prosperous. Oh, that's so beautiful. My heart is so full. That's what I want to do is to level up the world. Um, yeah. you know, leveling up doesn't mean just education structured. Leveling up means helping others to have a space. Like you said, there's people out there that's super lonely right now. Um, that they don't know that they can talk to somebody freely because of the fear of judgment, the fear of the less than, the fear of that. And to the core, think about it. When you die, can you bring everything you got? You can't. The only thing that you got is this message. This message, and this is why I love about this platform, is that I want to make sure that people know you have, I'm using my platform for the world to hear that, if you can get a hold of me <laughs> uh, somehow on LinkedIn, um, please do. We let's do have a coffee chat. Um, I think even Cynthia is here. We she reached out to me. She show up for herself and said, "Hey, do you only do um, mentorship for you know your African students?" And I said, "No, I do mentorship for everybody. Um, that would be more inclusive." And and I love that. I love to learn different cultures. I love to learn other people. And I don't know everything. But I do want to know to get to know you so we can, as the world, as a collective, we can learn from each other. What do you need help on? A simple thank you. A simple I love you. Uh, your phone call made a difference in my day, Hannah. I just want to tell you, like in person, like seriously, that made a difference. And I didn't feel lonely that day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Constant, I, I want to add um, in the last. Sure. Can, can I? You know, yeah. I love one thing about you. And I, I stopped myself sharing at the start. I wanted to share at the last because, you know, you're an example um, who turned inferiority complex into an opportunity for others. You start bringing change in the world. You know, I am really amazed how you brought up yourself and how you did contribution in the community how are you doing this podcast and the lives and everything to empower others i've seen your passion i've seen your you know professional growth and everything you know and how you write how you store the ideas how you document the ideas for others to learn from those your um, those of your um, experiences and you turned everything in the opportunity for others that was my last message and you did it practically and I think I'm totally inspired by you only for this, what you you made an impact for the world. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You'll be always in our hearts, whatever you do, whatever you do, wherever you go. 
Thank you so much. That is, um, yeah, I'm not going to cry. You're going to cry. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> um, I think it, it's really nice to feel that even one person tell you, like, I know that I'm trying my hardest and I, I don't know where it's going to go. But my intentions and my heart is always, I don't want anybody feeling lonely. Yeah. I know how that feels. I'm with you. I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you and we all are with you. You know, we all love you. We are. We all are together. We all are together. You know, sometimes constants, even you have thousands of people with you. You have bundle of people with you and still you are alone. I, I tell you and still you are alone. So it is not the matter of existence of someone's with you. It is the matter of vibes, connections and emotions where you connect. And yeah. we are connected. We are connected. I'm not alone anymore, but I, I do feel that when I was feeling that moment, when I was by myself, it's a hard place yeah. to be. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, Constance. Yeah, I'm so, like, I'm so emotional when you said that. I'm like, thank you, because you did touch my heart. And you didn't even know me from Adam. You know what I mean? Like, you just mm-hmm. kind of got that vibe and really got there. And I appreciated that. I have a lot of people that surround me that I know that they love me and care for me. Heck, my dog is always here all the time. So, you know, <laughs> he they realizes you. Dogs, so they just go crazy right now. They're quiet on the outside because my daughter is in there. But I really appreciated you. I appreciate everyone who was here today. And um, the replay will also be there. I'm hoping I can get your audio as well out soon. And then we'll go from there. This is not the end. This is only the beginning of collaboration, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much, everybody. Thanks, Natalie. Oh, (laughs) Natalie's like, great conversation. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye, everybody. Hey there, Level Up Circle community. We've had an incredible journey together exploring the realms of knowledge, inspiration, and personal growth. But here's the exciting part. You can be a part of it too. Ever wondered how you could contribute to our mission of spreading valuable insights and uplifting content? Well, wonder no more. Introducing Level Up Circle TV, exclusive opportunity for you to join our community and bring your unique perspective to the world. We believe everyone has something valuable to share, whether it's your expertise, experiences, or in innovative ideas, we want to hear from you. Joining Level Up Circle TV is simple. Go to levelupwithdoc.com, that's doc.com, send in your application and tell us about yourself, what you're passionate about and how you want to contribute. Once you're in, you'll gain access to a supportive community of like-minded individuals, exclusive resources, and the opportunity to broadcast your voice to a global audience, not only on MP3, but also on live stream and also on a TV network. Together, we can create a positive impact and inspire others to level up with their lives. So what are you waiting for? Join Level Up Circle TV and let's make a difference together. Signing off, Dr. Leland.